Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Welcome into Bet the Edge on this Friday, July 23rd. Thanks for being with us, Drew Dinsick and Sarah Perlman. And Drew is wearing the most incredible United States shirt of all time as we get you ready for the Olympics. But coming up first, Nui Scruggs, who covers the Dallas Cowboys. He is in Dallas. We're going to talk about some Dak and Zeke props, plus discuss if they are the best team in the division. Jay Croucher, of course, over at Points Bet Head Trader there. He's going to give us the inside information on which NFL team is attracting the most betters right now. Plus, why, unfortunately, the NBA was rough for the public, but so good for the book over the summer and edge of the day. All that and more coming up right here on Bet the Edge, powered by Points Bet. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but the hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Dear listener, please close your eyes for this movie theater meditation brought to you by Fandango. Breathe in. Smell the fresh popcorn. Now exhale. <sighs> Open your eyes and proceed to the best seats in the house you reserved on Fandango. Recline. Now, download the free Fandango app for movie times, tickets, and seats at your favorite theaters. Fandango, it's your ticket to the movies. And Drew, I'm really excited not only for the Olympics to really get going, but to pick your brain on something you handicap so marvelously. And you have really opened my mind to a new market, not only in Olympic betting, but in swimming, something that you really specialize in. So I want to give you this time to not only teach me, but all of our viewers and listeners about some plays that you're keeping your eye on in the swim market. Sure. Yeah. The the race of the entire Olympics is going to be on Sunday, Sunday night. We have a head to head between two of the most talented women swimmers in 
in the event that kind of pits them against each other where you have strength versus strength. So uh, in the freestyle in the women's, you have uh, a pretty clear favorite, America's sweetheart, uh, really uh, the America's most accomplished women's swimmer of this generation, Katie Ledecky, who is likely to win the 800 and the 1500 meter freestyles, uh, is the underdog in the 400 meter freestyle where she is the world record holder. This is somewhat of a surprise to a lot of folks who may be casually following swimming. It's a somewhat fair expectation that she should be the underdog here because the favorite in this race, Titmus from Australia, swam a, just an absolutely superlative race at the Aussie trials. A lot of people who are in the betting market think she can go even faster. She almost broke Katie Ledecky's world record just a month ago in those trials. And so she is the expected favorite here. And she is likely to win the 200 freestyle. She has a little bit more early speed. She is likely to take the lead in this race and it all comes down to can katie ledecky run her down i am going to take a chance that she can i'm going to bet ledecky is the dog here i will take her at plus 175 i think the fact that her trials times were unimpressive was largely because she did not rest at all she swam straight through trials, 6,000 meters a day throughout that entire uh, exercise, and she still swam well. Uh, so I think she is primed for an absolutely spectacular Olympics. I think she gets gold in the 400 freestyle on the heels of a huge comeback in that race. She can let Titmus get out to a lead. She can move over to the lane line, ride her wake a little bit through the first 300 meters, and then run her down in the last 100 meters and get that Olympic gold, maybe even break the world record. It should be a phenomenal race. This is going to go off on Sunday and probably will be the best swim of the Olympics. I'm super excited to watch this. And at first glance, I do not handicap swimming. But when I saw Katie Ledecky as the second favorite in plus money, a dog uh, for Team USA, I was surprised. Not that I follow swimming enough, but I think a lot of people would like to see Katie Ledecky as the favorite. So certainly you could say from, from your handicap there, there's value at plus 175. Fairly quickly, as, as a sports better and an analyst and somebody that tails swimming, we did hear from points, but there's not a ton of action going on in the 400 meter. Did that surprise you? You know, it's not totally surprising because people really aren't even aware of like sort of the schedule when things are going to happen. But I think once they kind of flip open their book and look at what like the hot, you know, what the hot markets are on Saturday, because Saturday is the first day of swimming finals, you'll get an appetizer, people will start to get into it. And then I think we'll start seeing some action on Sunday. And really, if you want other picks for the rest of the weekend, there are some other markets you can bet into on Saturday. I think uh, Winnington of Australia is a good good chance for gold in the 400 meter freestyle. He's available right now at plus 110. He should have a very strong race. I like an underdog to come home in the women's 100-meter butterfly, Canada's Maggie McNeil. She's currently plus 350. Uh, and then I think, in general, uh, Katinka Hozu is going to have a pretty strong Olympics in the 400 IM and the 200 IM. And, and really, I like her chances more in the 200 IM. If she happens to win the 400 IM this weekend, then her odds for the 200 IM are just going to go – they're just going to go off the board. She's going to be unbettable. So you might as well bet that. Uh, Hozu 200 I am now in anticipation of her winning gold in the 400. Now I'll be curious to see exactly how these markets move. I wanted you to break down one race. We really might have just got four plays <laughs> forward. We'll get back to the Olympics in just a bit. We're going to talk about some NFL here. By the way, if you want more in-depth player breakdowns before the football season, sign up for NBC Sports Edge Plus and check out our fantasy football draft guide. You'll have access to view our player props, positional tiers, and player projections to dominate your fantasy draft.
We're going to stay in the NFL here as we welcome in Newey Scruggs to break down the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. First day of practice yesterday, Newey, I'm sure you're fired up to be out there. You know, rather than getting into questions, we talk a lot about the prop market and Dak Prescott and win total. I just want to know what it's like to be out there and, and how Dak looks after coming back from such a crazy injury. Well, Oxnard, California is always an outstanding place to, to have a training camp and get out of that Texas heat. So one of the things that was impressive about what they allowed Dak Prescott to do is they put him in the team drill. So despite coming off the ankle injury, like, hey, he's a full goal. They're going to have him participate in the team drill. And he did. He had a really nice run uh, to the outside where they, they threw him out there. He's kind of went waggled and he just bootlegged and just fired off a pass to the left and hit Michael Gallup and target right on time. And Trayvon Diggs ended up picking him off during one of the team periods. And Trayvon was barking a little bit. Dak goes over there to him. They're talking. And I heard Dak say, I'll bet you $1,000. And the next play, Blake Jarwin lines up against Trayvon Diggs. Jarwin runs his route. Bam, Dak hits him. And we couldn't hear exactly what was said, but Diggs was kind of like, ah, and, and we knew, all right, that, that got the better of him right there. So the quarterback, so far, one day in, looking a lot better. But even more importantly, if you're a Cowboys fan, it's a defense actually performed and looked decent against the first team. No pads yet, okay? So there's no pads, but there's still just a little bit of football going there. Oh, I love this story. Great, great story, and great to have Dak back. I'm looking at his comeback player of the year odds. I, I don't know why you would look down the board past uh, Dak Prescott, to be honest with you. It, it, the likelihood that he puts up a, a season we've been expecting, he's in his prime. He's got this wide, you know, these wide receivers and uh, offensive line should be a little healthier this year. Considering all this, do you think um, we can we have a, a reasonable case to expect Dak to make his over on t- passing touchdowns at 32 and a half? Yes, Mike McCarthy wants to have this be about the quarterback. Now, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, Mike McCarthy would be smart to run Ezekiel Elliott a whole lot and make sure Dak Prescott's ankle is fine. But they're going to throw the ball. They have weapons. Uh, their, their offense, if healthy, and that's a big if with that offensive line, it's going to be dynamic. But I would hope that Mike McCarthy would be smart enough to use his $90 million running back and give his quarterback a little bit of a rest. But I think 32 touchdowns is definitely within the wheelhouse for Dak Prescott, the way this offense runs. And Nui, Ezekiel Elliott's total for rushing and receiving yards right now at points bet is sitting at 1,500 and a half, 1,500 and a half rushing and receiving. He set the over three out of his five seasons in the NFL. I think you alluded to that Mike McCarthy's offense is more tailored to a pass-heavy offense. Ultimately, when you're looking at the practices now and for this season, I know you're hoping that it maybe becomes more of a rush-heavy offense with Zeke and that contract and his capabilities. But ultimately, do you see this being a more pass-heavy offense with Dak. Mike McCarthy told us yesterday he wanted to really establish the run, that things were going to go and, you know, the offense revolved around the quarterback, but he wanted to establish the run. Mike McCarthy lied to us a lot last year. So I'm not going to take just what (laughs) Mike McCarthy says and take it to the bank. Okay. I won't. I just believe if they're using common sense and look at the success that this football team's had since Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott came in together in 2016. When they run the football, the play action pass and everything else they want to do is a lot more effective. And I did see the way they worked the screen game with Ezekiel Elliott in here. I do believe he's primed for a big year. Zeke spoke to the media for the first time and probably since last season, he admitted that he did not have his best season, said he had a whole lot to prove, spoke about the amount of fumbles, and he lost a lot of weight. He's lean. He looks good. 
I think Ezekiel Elliott is primed for a good season. If you're a fair fantasy football, I would advise you to go ahead and jump on Elliott. He's going to have a good year because they understand, in my opinion, that the best way for them to protect this sorry defense that they had last year is to run the football. They can throw it, but they need to eat up the clock and try to protect that other side of the ball. And I believe Mike McCarthy would be smart about that, along with offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. One of the uh, one of the fun things, I suppose, I guess maybe not fun. One of the good things about having a lackluster season last year is that their schedule is a little easier this year. They don't have the first place schedule. They have a relatively easy division, at least in terms of win expectations for the likes of Washington, New York, and Philly. You know, as as it all stacks up, is it going to take a perfect storm for the Cowboys to get to ten wins, or is that a reasonable mean expectation? Got to see what this defense does. Hmm. So many people want to talk about this offense all the time. This defense last year was atrocious. Okay, they were absolutely terrible. Statistically, one of the worst defenses ever. Uh, they gave up the most points they've ever had. I mean, quarterbacks were dropping bombs against them all day long. And you talk about what you say is an easy schedule. And I say, uh, no, no, it's not. Have you seen the receivers on the schedule? The Cowboys still have to show that they can put pressure up front on the defensive line and also have some guys that can cover in the back. I mean, right out of the gate, you got Tom Brady. So there's there's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Right out of the gate. They got to face Patrick Mahomes. They got to face Denver this year. You've got uh, Minnesota on the schedule. And you see what they've got in, in Jefferson and Thielen. There's a lot of receivers on this Cowboys schedule this year to make you say, Woo-wee, I don't know exactly how they're going to cover some of these guys. And if this defensive line can't get to the quarterback, it can be some long days here. So do not sit here and think that the Cowboys have an easy schedule. They do not. Because until we see the defensive backs can be proven, you're going to go after the Cowboys defense. You're going to do it. They were dropping balls on it last year. and They're going to go right back at them again. That sounds like a good bet to the over in every game. The way you yeah, break it down. The lack of defense, it is a, a good bet for the over in terms of the total market. We'll be sure to follow you on Twitter to see how their defense is shaping up throughout training camp and, of course, throughout the beginning of the season. And you can follow New yourself to see all the latest updates on the Dallas Cowboys front at Newey Scruggs. Plenty of updates now throughout training camp, whole season. Newey, love having you on. Thank you so much. Fair Drew, outstanding. Yes, let's, let's keep tabs on this Cowboys defense because that's going to determine a lot on what they do this year. Dude, the Cowboys have won 10 or more games five times in the last 17 seasons, and they're now the lowest liability at points, but nobody's betting on them. Just 6% to come out of the NFC East and win that division, which for me was pretty shocking. They are the favorite, but maybe the holes in the defense are having betters wary. You know, they're favored in 10 games and they're coin flips in four more. So if, you know, if the acquisitions they made on defense work out, I don't see why they can't get the double-digit wins. We loved having Newey on. Drew and I will spend getting into the next few weeks breaking down teams, our favorite win totals as we get closer. We appreciate you here listening to Bet the Edge. Rate the podcast if you're not a daily subscriber, sign up. Remember, Drew and I and everyone else, all of our guests and other hosts that join the show are trying to give you the best actionable information every single weekday in about 25 minutes. Of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter as well. Uh, let us know what you think we should be talking about more. If you have questions about the Olympics, if you have questions about preparations for NFL, reach out to Sarah Perlman at Sarah Perlman or myself at whale underscore capper. I love hearing the questions you get because you get really specific questions <laughs> about handicapping seriously from a lot of fans and listeners and viewers. And I find that really cool that people actually take you up on that. You're talented, your profession. It makes sense. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris. 
anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. Olympics this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. At the theater, more than the movies come to life, movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. We're going to bring in Jay Croucher to get a look behind the book. And Jay, you just heard Nui talk about the Dallas Cowboys and maybe some holes defensively, but surely Dak Prescott, I think, is in shape and and ready to go and have a monster season. Like Drew, I love him for comeback player of the year. But I did look through some of the notes with points bet, and it looks like not a lot of people are betting them to come out of the NFC East. What is your action right now? What are people betting on in terms of the Dallas Cowboys? So, Sarah, not seeing much activity on the Cowboys at all, like you said. Uh, they're the least bet team for the NFC East. They're our 10th most bet team for the NFC and then 15th for the Super Bowl. So, you know, normally a huge team like the Cowboys with the name and then also with all the star power that they have, you'd expect more activity. But, you know, to Newey's point, I think there's just so many questions around the defense and how that's going to hold up, you know, if they do play a team like Tampa uh, in the playoffs. And so... You know, they didn't make too many adjustments uh, in terms of personnel. It's that would make you expect that defense is going to get a lot better. So the angle that most people have been playing with the Cowboys has more been around Dak uh, with comeback player of the year. And then also we've seen a lot of action on Dak to have the most passing yards uh, in the league. We make him joint favorite with Mahomes at plus 450. And as much as McCarthy might want to run the ball and commit to that, if they're going to be in 40 to 37 shootouts, there's going to be a lot of yards for Dak to rack up. Well, that's interesting. I guess it makes some sense if you know, the odds are somewhat, you know, you, if you're not going to hit a lottery ticket with the Cowboys and you have questions about them, maybe you just wait and see. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. But who are some of the teams in the last couple of weeks that you've started to really catch as you know, the, the, the betting public has really uh, sort of embraced? Cleveland. Cleveland are the one. Uh, it's kind of every year, actually, with the Browns, where every year they look so good on paper uh, and people just talk themselves into Cleveland, particularly two years ago where they made the big splash with Odell, some big signings, and obviously they burned betters then. Last year was much better. Now this year we're seeing all of our action in the AFC North on Cleveland. That's into plus 145, just very slight dogs to Baltimore now for the division and they're our second most bet team uh, to win the AFC behind the Chiefs. 
I think that, yeah, people are just looking at the Cleveland roster. There's no real holes. They probably got the best offensive line uh, in football, best backfield. Uh, Odell comes back, Baker, potentially a dark horse MVP candidate uh, if everything goes right for them. So so people really like Cleveland, but be a little bit hesitant with them because they won a lot of really close games last year, which inflated um, their ultimate win total. So that's probably just one thing to look out for. If they regress in close games, then then they could have a bit of trouble in the division. I, I guess I'll just weigh in. I've, I fully understand why. There's market support here. You brought it up. The way that this roster is constructed is pretty flawless. And I would also, I guess, point out a little bit. The Some of the close games were like they were up by multiple scores and they just kind of gave up a bunch of garbage points. Like the Tennessee game, that wasn't a one-score game. Like they were up, you know, they, they I think they lost second half 28-3 to three or something, but they were up 41-10 or whatever at one point. So, you know, I, I, it should be uh, interesting to see it because, like, honestly, I get also why you would bet Cleveland now. If they beat Kansas City week one, the next you know eight games on their schedule, they'll be almost touchdown favorites. Uh, they could absolutely get out to a hot start, and you could see that number move pretty quickly. So that's uh, that'll, that'll be fascinating to see how much they move in, uh, and at what point people start to say, "Okay, no, that's enough." Because uh, I've seen, I'm, I've, I saw, you know, you brought, just had the graph up. There was a lot bigger numbers available earlier this season or earlier this off season. I think there's reason for the market agreement, as you've said. As someone who I love the Baltimore Ravens, I have a hard time betting them to win the division with Cleveland right behind them. I think it's going to be a two-team race. But a few years ago, I think they were people, betters were a little too hot on Cleveland. I'm with Drew of the agreement that I think there is rightful and meaningful money behind the Cleveland Browns coming into this season. Let's transition to baseball for a little bit. The Braves and Phillies opened a four-game series yesterday. The Braves won 7-2. to two. And this is an NL race that the Mets are favored. They're minus 200. Phillies right behind them, 4-1. to one. Braves 6-1. to one. Braves were the heavier favorite opening the season. But in terms of where you're seeing money, not just for this series, but then at least in the broader picture, where have you guys taken some recent action on that division? So on everyone but the Mets, uh, people are backing <laughs> the outsiders. Uh, the Mets are at such a short price now that people don't want anything to do with that. One, because obviously the team is cursed. And then two, because of all <laughs> the injury issues that they've had, the question marks over DeGrom, their offense at various points in the season being just a mash unit where they're, they're putting out players there at times that I'm sure the fans didn't even know before the start of the season. The signs get a bit healthier now. And now they've just got, they've got the big break where they've got a four game lead on the Phillies, on Atlanta. I think the big thing in the division is just the Cunha going down and that really taking Atlanta uh, out of commission. So most of our money has come on the Phillies where, you know, they're the, the best healthiest contender to the Mets, uh, but they've fallen off a little bit recently. So, yeah, it's a bit of a mess, the division, and the Mets are in the box seat at the moment uh, despite all their issues. Wow. Well, I, at least the betters know that the Mets are cursed. Um, I'm, it's, it's good to you know, yeah. know that when you're putting yeah. your money down. You, you want to know. Yeah, you want, at least it's been sure. well identified. And nobody, nobody's, nobody's making a mistake by betting the, the cursed Mets. Um, <laughs> as, as you look back at uh, just kind of want to close the book on the NBA playoffs, it was a pretty uplifting moment watching game six of the finals, seeing Giannis lift the trophy, seeing them kind of realize the potential that we've known was there for now four years. You know, I guess as the bookmakers, as NBA fans, uh, what were some of your key takeaways from you know this NBA season and this playoffs in particular? 
Yeah, so as a general rule for books, chaos is going to be good. When chalk goes down, it's good for books. And this was the most chaotic NBA playoffs that I can remember between all the injuries, between the upsets, the fact that the Nets, Lakers and Clippers, who are the three favorites all throughout the season, the fact that they went down in rounds one, two and three, that was really strong result for us and I'm sure for a lot of books I think that the main takeaway is just how people underrated Milwaukee the public did in that you know all four series for them our balance of handle was on the other side there was just something about this team I'm guessing it's probably just how bad they can look when they're off because the half-court offense just slows to a halt. The spacing burns and it's just tough watching at times. But they obviously caught the huge break with James Harden going down in the first play of the Brooklyn series uh, and then Kyrie going down as well. But they were able to figure it out. And then by the end, I think they were clearly the best team. But from a handicapping perspective, uh, I think that the main takeaway is just that talent wins and that talent will all, always win out in the end. And that, you know, the first two games of the Phoenix series, uh, the Suns, they were humming with their symphony of ball movement and their actions and all the, the nuanced things that they do. But uh, ultimately, the music stops um, when you're relying, you know, on those things and, and Giannis and that talent just kind of shone through in the end. Oh, that's interesting. I, I guess I can, I mean, you are a big toe, a Kevin Durant big toe away from yeah. a very different result. <laughs> and, and also like, I could speak a little bit to not wanting to buy in on the bucks. Like I, so many people have gotten burned in seasons past <laughs> where they were so clearly the best team and they just did not deliver in the playoffs. And so I guess that was people, you know, people were like, well, uh, I mean, I, I'm inclusive. Like, I was basically like, they'll have to show me that they can do it before I'll believe it. And I have finally bought in at the right time, luckily, before, uh, you know, kind of going down with the ship with the Suns in that series. But uh, it was a it was a pretty cool moment, though, seeing uh, Giannis get the get the title and kind of uh, put the the naysayers to bed in any regard that he can be a champion. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, how the market's shaping up for 2022? Taking any interesting bets yet? Uh, yeah, a little bit of action on the Clippers, just with people expecting that Kawhi is going to come back and be right for the playoffs and that Paul George and Reggie Jackson, if they bring him back and get him there. But then I think that, you know, as we get closer to the season, we're going to start seeing action on Brooklyn because I think that the season is shaping up where just the level of talent that that team has and what they did against Milwaukee without Harden and without Kyrie for the second half of the season. We might be in a scenario where, you know, the odds on Brooklyn to win the title are almost just the odds of those three staying healthy because the talent gap is so significant. And then also I wonder if we'll see, you know, action coming on the Bucks who are in that plus 800, plus 900 range and whether, you know, this is just Giannis's coronation and that, you know, he is the best player in the league and that people think with, you know, DiVincenzo comes back, maybe they can fill out a bit more depth so that they're not having to play Jeff Teague next playoffs, that kind of stuff. Maybe we'll see some action on the Bucks, but... At this point, not too much. I think people are still digesting the season, but I suspect that the Nets will be our highest handle um, team going into the year. I feel like most bettors, public bettors, uh, are like me in a sense where we shut the door on the NBA season and the 2022 futures market needs to hold off for a few more months. But I am not surprised you've already taken action on the Clippers, and I'm sure you'll see some money come in, even with such a short favorite. Jay, outside Drew Densick's money, who maybe you're taking, I feel like there's a lot of action coming in on the Olympic Games. This guy has been handicapping the Olympics all week and wonderfully so, but in all seriousness, what has the action been like, whether on medal totals, gold medal totals, and now, of course, you can start betting individual events. What has that been like for you guys at PointsBet? 
So the action's coming mostly where you would expect it on, you know, USA men's and women's basketball, uh, on USA women's soccer. And then also now we're starting to see a bit more uh, swimming action roll in, particularly on on Caleb Dressel, to be honest, and, and especially in the 100-meter the freestyle where, you know, he was at um, above even odds uh, at one point recently and that now he's into minus 150. So I think people are still, the Olympics has snuck up on people, I think, just with all the sport that's been going on, you know, the past few weeks with the NBA finals, the Stanley Cup finals, Wimbledon, the Euros, everything that's been going on. I think that now people will really start turning their attention um, to the games and to the individual events and, and start betting, you know, beginning from today, really. Tokyo 2020 at long last. <laughs> Surprising everyone. <laughs> you could follow Jay on Twitter at PointsBetGo. He gives us a glimpse behind the curtain from PointsBet every single Friday right here on Bet the Edge. Jay, thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Drew. If you missed it live this morning, you have a chance to catch it tonight. It's the one night where the whole world comes together. The world's biggest show on the world's biggest stage. The opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics tonight again at 730 Eastern on NBC. And let's stick with our Olympic theme as I am excited. I did not wake up in time and have time to get ready for our show and all that for the opening ceremony. Tonight is when I'm tuning in and I am very excited. Drew, I doubt you woke up at 3, 4 a.m. to get ready. Maybe you did because I always say you never sleep with all that you manage. But I am excited for tonight for the opening ceremony. I'm more excited to see where you go for edge of the day, though, because you've been incredible at handicapping so far the medal totals yesterday was russia the day before i think was australia so today so today yeah you're right i didn't wake up for the opening ceremonies why not just watch it in prime time it's not like anything happened why not just watch it in prime time you can have a party you can have fun it's friday night there's only other only other that's sports. what i'm doing just bet sarah's baseball play and and check the score and watch the opening ceremonies that's that's my plan but um all week we've been talking up you know all these other teams have a chance and oh yeah this uh you know south korea australia same time zone circadian rhythms it's a good thing bet the overs bet the overs over on russia you would think that that would mean that someone would have to give up some golds and that would presumably be the top of the market leader the united states and so you may think that i'm going to come in now with a hammer on united states under you would be wrong we are cheering for the United States to go over their medal total, 43 and a half. Now, this is an interesting market because it opened 46 and a half at a lot of shops, and it was bet to the under with aggressiveness. And I understand why the U.S. was a little bit disappointing in the swimming trials. They were a little disappointing in some of the, uh, you know, the basketball didn't look great. That's only one medal, though. And But the, uh, the track and field trials for the United States were spectacular spectacular they are going to have a wonderful second week cleaning up in track and field on top of that i have u.s medals coming in in droves in gymnastics simone biles is going to put on the show of her life i'm so thankful that because every time like you heard rumors all oh, the olympics might get canceled the first thing that would pop into my mind was oh my god simone biles isn't going to get to do her you know her olympic routine this is this is just not right but here we are we're going to actually get to see it she's going to have a great olympics i have the u.s pulling in five gold medals in gymnastics. I have us coming in with 12 in swimming. I have us coming in with 14 in track and field. I think that there are also medals available for us uh, in the likes of basketball. I have us getting two, three in cycling. I have uh, two coming in in volleyball, 
five in wrestling. All told, I have us getting 54 gold medals. I think we will well beat this 43 and a half gold. And realistically, there are so many more events, so many more golds to be awarded. I think the United States is going to have a hell of a two weeks here. And we will uh, we will come in with over our gold medals at 43 and a half. Uh, Vaughn is commenting along USA, USA, and I am with him. You could have told me not that incredible breakdown. I would have tailed you because I am taking the over 43 and a half gold medals at the Olympic Games with you, the most gold medals in Olympic history with 1,127 for the United States in 2016, 46 goals in 2012, 46 golds. And I ride with you. We are going with over in USA and I will be cheering until the Olympics end. I'm fired up for this and I love your USA shirt. This is the best way. And now I have to follow up with a baseball play and that's state <laughs> because nothing can beat the United States. But here we go. Uh, I digress to the White Sox and the Brewers. And this is that a little bit of line movement. And as it stands right now, it's back to seven and a half. I like the under. Um, it went to eight in a few shops, got that down again. So we are going to go with the White Sox in Milwaukee under seven and a half. The key for me is the fact that this game is in Milwaukee. The under six and zero in the Brewers lost six games at home. This is going to be a really fun game to watch. Not as fun as the opening ceremony, but still fun. Two dominant pitchers. We have Lucas Giolito coming off of a gem. Pitched a complete game against the Astros in his last outing. Gave up just one run. He's limiting opponents this season to a 220 batting average. Brewers aren't so good against righties. And then Freddie Peralta, who's been wonderful this season, uh, an all-star. He has been fantastic, hasn't allowed more than three earned runs in a start since May. He's even better at home, limiting his opponents to a batting average at 131. At home, his ERA is around two in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a really good team in the win-loss column. They're going to be a good playoff team, but it's not because of their offense. 17th in home runs, 29th in batting average in Major League Baseball. They're hitting 223 as a season. So I think with such good pitching matchups, and I know the White Sox offense is explosive, but I think they're facing so many good pitchers tonight in a rested bullpen for Milwaukee. This game goes over. I, I mentioned the starting pitching. Think about Liam Hendricks and Josh Hader. They're available in the bullpen. I think it's going to be a fantastic pitcher's duel, and that's why we're sitting at this low total, juiced at 7.5. We go under tonight, Drew. I'll tell you what. You have had such a great read on White Sox overs. The fact that you like a White Sox under makes me that much more confident in this, and I will be firing away with you on this one. Okay, so that does it. We like USA in the golds over 43 and a half. We'll be watching the ceremony, having a little bit of a party tonight, and we will be rooting for little runs in Milwaukee. Thanks for being with us all week long here on Bet the Edge on our YouTube channel. Check out NBCSportsEdge.com for awesome tools to not only help you with your wagers, but also your fantasy plays. Please subscribe and rate the pod, Drew, and I would really appreciate that. And best of luck with all your plays for tonight and the weekend. Enjoy the opening ceremony. We'll see you right back here on Monday.